hello 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 welcome to another episode of the joy of social work podcast i am joy it is saturday morning at 302 a.m this is now night two of me not sleeping and i'm just laying here and i'm having all of these thoughts and i'm like you know what do something productive go record your podcast because let me put my phone outside not that anyone's texting me at three o'clock in the morning but you just never know um you just laying here and you having all of these thoughts and feelings and things go put them somewhere so i don't journal so here's my journal entry for the night um let me think of some updates that are some things that are going on well if you are listening to this on sunday tonight i will be doing an ig live no not an ig live i lie tonight i will be um doing a youtube facebook live um the link is in my bio on instagram at the joy of social work and so it's lakeisha presents a live broadcast where mental health resides not resides see where mental health matters maybe i should not record because now i'm not making sense um but it's just because i can't read right now where mental and also because you know where when you start something with where and something resides you think of where the money resides but where mental health matters that is tonight at 6 p.m again the link is in my bio on instagram um the other day i recorded a podcast with someone i don't know if they want me to talk about it so i'm not going to say who it is yet but it definitely was an eye-opening experience um and it made me really think a lot. And one of the questions they asked me was about this podcast being um, self-reflective. And I have been feeling like, especially lately it has been because I'm in such a different space. It's so interesting. And like, this was kind of when I like got into the podcast. Um, and it was exciting to me because I was like, I get to go back and I get to... Like, hear the space that I was in three years ago, two years ago, a year ago even. Um, Which I think is so cool to have it documented. But also kind of scary too because from looking at old videos, like old stories or whatever. Or even old posts on Instagram. The space that I was in three years ago wasn't great. Um... And I kind of feel like the space that I'm in right now, I'm not going to say that it's not great, um, but there's definitely something that's brewing. And I'll get, well, this is what this episode is about to be about, I'm pretty sure. So we're going to get there. But so whatever we're talking about, it being um, self-reflective. And I was like, yeah, like I'm in a, I'm in a very different space. Um, One, and then two uh, it came up like kind of like you're so modest and I'm like I don't know how not to be like I really want to like walk around like I'm a bad bitch and I know I'm doing my shit in these mental health streets you know like I want to do that but I don't know if it's like having had low self-esteem for so long and then that translating on a professional level into 
um, what do you call it, imposter syndrome. I'm not sure, but it's so interesting that I'm like, when people introduce me, <laughs> or even when people read the bio that I've written for myself, I'm like, what are they talking about? <laughs> like, Joy, you like done a lot of things, and like, it is okay not is not even okay like you should celebrate that and I don't know why I struggle with I don't think that I struggle with celebrating myself I definitely think I do um but I don't talk about it talk about it because I think I don't want people to think that I'm like bragging or like oh I think I'm better or whatever the case may be so I kind of am like, oh, yeah, you know, I did a thing or like, this is exciting. And I know that that's me thinking of how other people are going to feel and it's not the reality. And I should be able to celebrate myself, whether silently or in public. And if people feel a way that's on them, that has nothing to do with me. So I'm going to work on that because I, like I said, I do feel like I'm in some kind of transitional period like there is there has got to be some shit that's coming on or about to happen because even that I haven't slept for real and like I said this is the second night like last night there was moments that I'm like oh okay I fell asleep because I had a dream but I'm like but it's only been maybe 30 minutes since the last time or maybe an hour since the last time I looked at the the clock and like tonight I was just kind of like here and I'm like you know what let me just get these thoughts out so I don't know if it's like God or the universe or whatever trying to tell me something but I'm awake and I would like to go to sleep (laughs) I wish I would just get this message to me (laughs) because this is tired but back to being reflective and back to this change so there is something that I consider huge that is going to happen in March so so with that I feel like there is this pull of like adulthood now (laughs) You're like, Joy, you are an adult and you have been for quite some time. Yes, yes, I am 36 years old. But I feel, but like, why are fire trucks going by right now? I'm 36 years old, but I feel like I haven't had to be a full adult as an adult sometimes. Here, let me explain why. So in high school, um, so my mom was diagnosed with scleroderma, which is an autoimmune disease, um, when I was like 13. And so all throughout high school, I was in counseling. I, I was started in ninth grade because I filled out something at orientation that <clears throat> triggered something in them that was like, you should go to group counseling. And so I did. And then once that the group was over, I started going individually. Ninth and 10th grade was was more so like adjusting to high school stuff 11th and 12th grade was a lot about um my mom being sick and so in the 11th grade in particular 
Because my mom went out on disability, I think, when I was in 12th grade. Or, like, when I was starting 12th grade. And then both of my parents were home at that time. Because my dad retired when I started high school. So, that which is important to, to the story of why it was just like, I don't understand why I have to do this. So, in 11th grade in particular, I remember having to help my mom get ready for work before I got ready for school. And at 16... <laughs> You know, 16-year-olds don't necessarily like to do anything other than what they want to do. And I was very much that 16-year-old. And so I didn't understand why that was my responsibility to help my mom get ready for work when I have to get ready for school. And my dad is retired and could very well do it. But he felt like I should just do it. And my mom didn't really push back on him about that. So it became my, my thing. Also, because 16-year-olds want to do what they want to do, I didn't feel like I needed to wake up any earlier to do these things um, because why am I waking up early to help somebody, even though it's my mom, right, Um, when I don't want to do it anyway. And But my high school, if you were even a minute late, which is so stupid, even if you were just a minute late, you had detention till four o'clock and in the 11th grade I was working. So if I had detention, then I was late for work. So then it was messing up my money. So it was just like a lot of feelings that I was having. And um, there were times as a kid and even some, you know, times now that I'm like, I didn't have, I don't want to say I didn't have a childhood because I did. But there were there were definitely things that were not nor there are things that are not normal about being a teenager and dressing your mom for work. Like that don't I don't think that's normal. I don't think that's a normal experience. Um I do feel like it created a lot of resentment for me in my my relationship with my mom. And my relation my mom and I, you know, we're super close and I could talk to her about everything and anything, but the, the part about having to like do a lot for her young. And then when she started, when after my dad passed and she got her health, just started to deteriorate more and then having to do it again at 24, 526 it was still hard and and I feel like there were these moments that I just wanted my mom to be my mom and I didn't want her to be my patient <laughs> I hate it when people would tell me like oh she would get like ulcers on her skin and we had to cover them so you know they wouldn't get infected or anything and I would hate when people would tell me like you're so good at that you should be a nurse and I'm like I do not want to be a nurse I don't even want to be good at this I don't want to do this I don't think this is normal (laughs) I don't think it is normal to have to bandage your parents body at any age maybe when you get really old and they're really old but I don't I didn't feel like that was something that I wanted to do I didn't like doing it but it was what I had to do um then later on, she got a feeding tube. And so cleaning a feeding tube was, again, not something that I wanted to learn how to do 
or felt like it was something that I should be doing, but it was something that I had to do. So there were definitely parts of my teenage and 20s that I didn't enjoy. And so sometimes I feel like I'm not a real, oh, and then with them, cool. Then at 21, I get into this seven year relationship that is toxic or unhealthy or abusive. <laughs> um, and in that relationship, I had this notion that if I behave this way and I'm a good girlfriend, quote unquote, then he'll not cheat or he'll love me more or he'll whatever. All of these things that my actions as a good girlfriend, quote unquote, never changed his actions as the person that he was who shouldn't have been in a relationship because he wasn't ready for a relationship, but also didn't want to lose me and just continued this fuck shit because I allowed it. Um, but in the very beginning and in every year until we stopped being together, he was clear that he wasn't going to like make real commitments until he was 30. Now, like I said, I was 21 when we started dating. He was 22. So we was talking eight more years at least. And at the seven year mark, I didn't necessarily think in a year shit was going to get better if I'm being very honest. So I spent those years like almost trying to figure out what being a housewife was, if that makes any sense. So we lived together. I moved out of my parents' apartment March of 09. My dad died August of 09, and I think he was already staying with me sometimes. And then we got our own apartment in 2000, maybe 11, maybe the beginning of 2011, maybe the end of 2010. I don't know. But like, we lived together within the first. No, we had been together since 06. So we had lived together within the first three years, which was like not too short. I mean, not too quick, I guess. But it wasn't like a healthy relationship. He was cheating and all kinds of... There's things that I find out sometimes still to this day. Like, like you start to put stuff together. Like, now that I know more, that like put stuff together. And I'm like, oh... Yep, pretty sure that that was going on too, but whatever. Um, I'm saying all of this to say <laughs> my teenage years and my 20s was like, I'm just trying to do things for other people because this is what I have to do because if I do these things, these people are happy. Excuse me. Um... 
But I don't think that I was ever really happy. So I was unhappy because the way life was going. And then I was unhappy because I didn't like myself. All of that is a bad combination. (laughs) So then I get to 28. And I'm like, man, fuck this shit. I ain't gonna not like myself no more. And I like start to feel good about me. And things start to change. And then I start, then I meet Rashim. And we start dating. I was like 29. And then I'm like, okay, well, now we're going to get married because we're in our 30s. And like, that's just how that goes. And then he dies. And I'm like, what the fuck? Now I'm here. (laughs) And I feel like January of 2021 has been challenging. I feel very overwhelmed by it already. Um, And a lot of it is like just because I have a lot of things coming up and good things, um, things that I'm excited about, um, different connections that I'm making and networking and just like opportunities and, and whatever. I probably should turn the TV off cause I'm like, what the hell is happening on this show? Sorry. So it's a lot of good things. Um, but with the good things, there are these new doors <laughs> and these new opportunities and then conversations that I have, especially with like with friends who are entrepreneurs and even like my clients who are entrepreneurs. We know how to fail. We've failed before. That's easy. You can kind of just pivot and figure it out and move forward and work around it. But the success of it all, that's new. That's different. And I and I feel like I'm in this space where it's really about to get successful over here. <laughs> and I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, bitch, is you ready? And you might be like, I don't know, you might not be like anything. I'm like, you have been successful. You have done a lot in a year that you wouldn't have imagined that you wouldn't have been able to do had I, that I wouldn't have been able to do had I not quit my job. And now I'm in a space of, I feel like there is a shift happening and I'm about to go somewhere else with it. And I'm like, are you ready? Do you even have to be ready? Are you just about to just do it? Like, are you about to do it scared again? Is it just going to happen so fast that you don't even have time to, like, be nervous because it's just coming? Um, Because I see the doors opening. Like, people reaching out and just, just a lot of things and opportunities. And I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> Oh, shit, what am I going to do? Because, like, let's keep it funky. As a social worker, you're taught in grad school. You're never going to make any money. And I don't know why they they lead with that. Like, that is not a way to get people to want to do this major. But I feel like so many classes, I mean, even undergrad, as a human service major, there were so many classes that led with, you're not going to make any money. You just have to do this because you're passionate. And then you graduate. 
and you've worked so hard and you've spent so much money and you have so much debt potentially and then they're like here's $45,000 or here's $48,000 50,000 if you're lucky and then you work so hard and you work so long and you do so much and you give so much of yourself and then they're like oh, you'll pass this licensing exam so at least in New York there is two licensing exams that you have to take the first one you can take as soon as you get your MSW and then the second one you have to wait at least three years you have to have like three years of supervisory of clinical supervision and like 3,000 client hours or 2,000 client hours something like that I think it's 3,000 it's just a lot and then you can set for your clinical license so you put all this work into it and you get this license and they're like oh now you make 55 <laughs> <laughs> and then, then you put some more work into it and you put some more work then you get your clinical license and they're like oh, 65 nigga you've made it you have made it um but you still are potentially struggling you're still potentially overworked it's all of this bullshit that you're dealing with for what for some people is good money i'm not shitting on $65,000 shit i've made that and been like okay thank um, but for some people, you're still trying to make ends meet, like it, because it's dependent on where you live. Not a lot. So as a social worker, the most that I've ever been made, ever been made, Lord Jesus, can you speak English? The most I've ever made at a job was seventy five, and that was a short period of time because I <laughs> then I left that job and I took a pay cut. So I think about like that time, those times when like my paycheck was almost two thousand dollars, right? Like I almost, I almost was making two thousand dollars every two weeks, like bringing home, and being like, "Yo, like nigga, I made it! Like, oh my god, like this is it, this is it." And then I think about like, what if you made a million dollars, right? Let's do math. Like, how many zeros is that? So say every two, you made a million dollars a year, and you got twenty six paychecks a year. Each paycheck would be $38,000 and some, some, some extra. So even if they taxed half of that, right? You bring home $19,000 every two weeks, right? What? I, like, my brain can't imagine that. And I think I mentioned uh, maybe two episodes ago. Also, like, sorry that these last three episodes have just been <laughs> me. I do a really bad job at... um trying to coordinate guests and that is something that I tried to work on and create this form for people to fill out but I also realized that when I'm overwhelmed I'd have a bad I have a I have a hard time at going back and following up with things and I've also started to realize all this is all based on this self-reflection piece that I've been thinking about since Thursday um the holidays really hit me hard, and I don't think that I realized that. And then January has been a difficult month, and I'm 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 feel like I'm like in a hole. And I was really looking forward to therapy this week or last week. Or, oh no, this week. Well, by the time this is aired, it'll be last week. And then my therapist had a a family emergency, so we just kind of had a check in, and she's like, well, "Are you good? Are you okay?" And so I told her like part of what was going on, but I feel like there's just such this weight that's on me. And I am struggling to, like, even answer emails right now. 
if you listen to my podcast and you have emailed me and I have not responded, I'm sorry. Oh, which makes me think of this other thing that I need to do. Um, but it's just, it's just been a lot. Um, and maybe it's not even been a lot. It just all feels very heavy. And I'm, I'm being honest and saying that I'm struggling with navigating through it, but I'm working on it and I'm really looking forward. We rescheduled our therapy session for this upcoming Monday. So if you're listening to this Sunday, tomorrow I have therapy and we'll hopefully be able to, excuse me, release some of this shit that I am feeling. But anyway, so back to this like success. If I, and so I, I, I work for myself, not that I, and I don't know that I'd ever go back to like a full-time job with somebody, but say, but say, but say I was in a position where my salary was $1 million for a year. And every two weeks, that was what I was bringing home. Now, I've never seen a million dollars. I don't know what that feels like to have all of that money at one time. But it's like almost scary. And part of it is scary because I've had a bad relationship with money. So I'm like, ooh, would I know what to do with it? And the other part is scary because I'm like, would I be too afraid that somebody's going to come and take it away and be like, no, actually, Joy, we realize you're not really worth a million dollars. So you have to give it all back. And it's getting out of that headspace. It's getting out of that headspace of what I'm giving isn't worth it. And what I'm doing isn't worth it. And I'm not worth it. And that I am 1000% worth it. And will earn that at some point. I'm Is my goal. I don't know if it's my 2021 goal. But at some point I would like to be like. Bitch, I made a million dollars. That, that, that would feel really nice. Um, so like I said, I don't know what's going on. I don't know what shift is happening, but I know that there's a shift coming. Um, and I can feel it in even relationships. So towards the end of last year, I had a significant friend breakup. Um, And I didn't expect it. I'm disappointed in it. I'm disappointed in how it all worked. Not worked out. How it all happened or ended, rather. Um, Because I think it didn't have to be that way. But maybe it did. I do feel like there are places that in life that you will go that everybody can't go with you and so maybe this was the the end of that journey for me and that person and it's like oh damn didn't didn't see that coming and I didn't see it coming for the reason that it came which I think it maybe bothers me more like this is the reason why we not fucking with each other or you not fucking with me rather okay all right um but I, you know, I, I receive the message and the feeling and I apologize that it had to, that I made that person feel that way. And I've apologized to them. Um, but I think that's when I started to feel the shift. And then a few weeks ago, I went on a trip with a friend and her friends 
and one of the girls and I, we have like a complicated relationship. <laughs> it's like almost like a friend of me situation. And actually, this is what this episode was going to be about. But we going to come out and, and it's going to be about. I don't really know the angle we're going to go with, but maybe it's just like women's relationship with other women's relationships with other women. Because I, I feel like I've said this many a time. But most of my friends are girls. I am like now starting to know guys, but like all of my friends for the most, the majority of my life, with the exception of my friend Yemi, are all girls because I just have always felt more supported by women and girls when I was younger and women as an adult. Boys were always mean to me and picked on me. So we weren't friends. Like, that was like, you're not my friend. You are mean. <laughs> So, I don't know. I've never been that like, oh, all my friends are men. Mm -mm. I got one. I mean, I have more now, but there was a time that it was just one. And I was fine with that. But, whatever. So, we're we're like kind of like frenemies. I don't even know. But, and it's not, I don't know. This shit is one way. But whatever. So, the person was clearly in their feelings about a lot of things and decided that they wanted <laughs> I'm like envisioning it and I'm like mad all over again but whatever they decided that they wanted to give each other that we should give each other critical feedback so one other the other people there was like well I don't really know you enjoy to give y'all critical feedback and she's like well you've observed things over the last few days Okay, cool. So I'm like, well, this is uncomfortable for me because similar to the girl, like the two of the other two people, like my friend, I could obviously give that to. But one, why am I giving that to her today? And two, that's part of our relationship. That's one of the things that I, I admire most about our relationship is that we're able to be honest with each other, even when it hurts. Um <clears throat> She is probably one of the few friends that I don't mind to hear the the ugly truth from. You know, because there's, 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 there's the things you know. You, you know the things. Sometimes you just don't want to admit the things. You don't want to hear the things. But she is one of those people who when they tell me the things, I'm like, yeah, I know. And she challenges me to come up with an action. And, and I have other friends who do the same thing. And it's and there's other friends that I receive it well from, and then there's other people that I'm like I don't really care about your opinion of me, and that's just being honest. So back to this dinner, Shorty's like, <laughs> she says some shit to me. I like, mm -mm, I like vaguely remember it, um, but it was lies. Now my thing is, if you gonna tell me about me, tell me about me. I know that I'm not perfect. I know that I have flaws. I know that I can be annoying and a lot and that I am not for everybody. Um, and I'm okay with all of that. But if you're going to say, Joy, this is something that I've observed or noticed about you. Let that shit be some real shit that you've learned and observed about me. Not no shit that is your shit and you projecting it on me. Let's not do that. So that's what kind of ended up happening. 
And I, you know, said thank you <laughs> because we're at a restaurant and I'm not about to flip a table. Um, but I was upset by it. And it, again, not because I don't want your feedback about me. But if you want to say something, say the truth. And then it got weird because we get back to the hotel and I was like doing something and everyone was in one room. And then when I got into the room, she left. And I'm like, are we walking out of rooms when I come? Like, and I just, I just can't, I just can't play those games. I am where I'm maybe not a real adult. I'm too grown for that. That is what I won't be doing is like, so you're going to walk out of a room because I walked into it. So I'm just like not here for the shits. But even again, with those kinds of situations, I'm like, there is something that's going on because ain't no way that all of these things are happening and I... Am not about to be set up for something else and something greater. Um, and because I, I know, like I know, like I, like there are things that are happening that I can't wait to share. That are so exciting. And I'm like, what, what, what else is coming? What else is coming for me? So. I don't know. God is doing something. God is doing something. He is working on something for me. I think maybe this is the year I become a real adult. <laughs> and if nothing else, this is definitely the the year that I am setting. And I guess last year I probably set the foundation for what's next for me. But this year feels like, I think last year, like, shit just happened, right? Like, let's be, I, like, put it on a vision board, some of it. And then other shit just started happening and things just started to pop. And a lot of that could have just been because of the pandemic and folks been like, I need a therapist. Oh, Joy's a therapist. And, like, things just kind of aligning. But this year feels much more intentional of, like, where am I putting myself? Who are the people that I am aligning myself to? What are the organizations? Whatever the case may be. And clearly I just lost my chance. <laughs> yeah, and I just I just think there's so much greater that's happening. I've struggled with creating a true vision board for this year because I don't know. But it also feels like a year that I'm going to be pushed and really taken out of my comfort zone. Like, for example, today, well, yesterday, Friday, I, um, you know, I'm a consultant for, or I'm the resident therapist for... (laughs) The nonprofit people of color collective through Rutgers University. And I had a presentation and I couldn't sleep Thursday night. 
And I'm like, just get up and do your presentation. And I was like, no, you will sleep. And I got up in the morning. I got up early. Did my presentation. I kind of walked through it. I walked through it a few times with what I wanted to say and how I wanted to flow. And then I get on and it's like, I think it was a good presentation. Other people might have been like, that shit was trash. But like, I thought it was good. I felt good about it at the end. Um, And so it's like, Troy, these things are just coming some of it is natural and like I struggle with speaking in public or or and maybe that's just the narrative that I've given myself maybe I don't struggle with speaking in public I think I get nervous that am I maybe this is imposter syndrome um I get nervous that what I'm saying isn't making sense or that people are like what (laughs) or confused or they think I'm dumb you know things like that I know that I don't have like a very, um, what do you have? I don't even know what the word to use. I don't have like a large vocabulary. I couldn't think of a word other, bigger than large. And I think a lot of that is just because of, I've worked with kids for most of my career. And so I've like just not spoken in large words. <laughs> and so sometimes I'm like, am I using the right words? And do people think I sound limited? Like, I have all of these thoughts. These are all of the things that happen while I'm, like, on a panel. And so then sometimes I don't say anything. Or I um, get, like, tongue-tied when it's time for me to speak. Because I'm in my head. And so I feel like this year is going to challenge me to get out of my head a little bit. And I'm just going to have to do. Because I don't know that there's going to be time for me to, to stop and stress I think it's gonna be like all right well so now you're doing this and then you're doing this and then you're doing this and then you're doing this and maybe like not back to back in a overwhelming stressful situation but in a like you're gonna be booked and blessed sis so get ready because this uh this uh blessing is finna happen and come because it might really be my time and I want to embrace that. And I want to receive that. The other day, so the last two episodes, I feel like I've really been talking about like this podcast and like what's happening with it. And at some point, you know, we celebrated three years. And at some point I was like, maybe I'll just end it this year. Like, go out while I still feel like I'm on top. There's enough podcasts for people to listen to. Go and eat this one. Like, just, it's over. And then, excuse me. And then I got an email from a woman who is in graduate school. And she's like, I just found your podcast. It's so refreshing. Um, I thought about quitting because it feels like a lot. And I know that you've gone through a lot and you didn't give up and it's making me want to keep pushing. So thank you. And I was like, man, that was the nicest thing that I've ever, that I've read this month, this week, maybe in the last few months. Um, And I'm not saying that because of that, I'm not going to end this at some point, but it definitely helps me to know that I'm not doing it in vain. 
I think part of why I do think about ending the podcast is because I do not get funded for it. Um, it's a it's a hobby that be well. I just paid a year of SoundCloud, so I don't worry about that um, anymore. But when it was like a monthly expense, it was just like this is this is an expensive hobby. <laughs> is it worth it? Are am I getting the same thing out of it? Because you know it started as like a a release for me. Um. And if it doesn't feel like that, then I don't think I'll enjoy it. Um, even if people are getting something out of it. So my goal is to make this this year super intentional about what I'm talking about. Um, because just in case this is this is it. I want people to have, you know, some good content to listen back on. Um, so yeah. Well, I don't, before, for our three-year anniversary, what we did, what we did, it's just me, it's just you, um, instead of there being a celebration, I, um, asked people for donations to help folks with funds for therapy, and we raised well over a thousand dollars, which was so exciting, yay, thank you so much for everyone who donated, and that money was not for me to use for myself or my clients. It went back to people. People were like, I need help with copay. Um, sent them that. I need help with finding a therapist and paying for sessions. I connected them to a therapist, pay for, you know, X amount of sessions. So, like, there's still some money. If you need it, hit me up. You could DM me, the Joy of Social Work. Um or you can email me. Why am I on it? Because it's 3.30, 3.44 in the morning, Joy. That's why I'm yawning. You're tired. Um, or you can email me at thejoyofsocialwork at gmail.com. If you would like to give, you can still donate. My cash app is dollar sign, J-O-I-S-W. And my Venmo is the same. There is just a hyphen in between Joy and SW. So... And if you don't have Cash App or Venmo and would like to donate, you can just email me at the Joy of Social Work or DM me and I can give you some other ways that you can send me some money for that. But yeah, so that felt really good. Things have just been feeling good on a professional level. Personally, we're working on that. <laughs> um, there's been, you know, some things happening. That have been hard, personally. Um, so just kind of working through that stuff. Um, but yeah. I think some shit is finna pop off. And I'm trying to get ready. But I need sleep. I'm definitely buying me some z today. When I go to my office. Because I have to rest. Because, mm-mm. I like to sleep, and this being up at four o'clock is not. Is that's not it? It's not it. So, y'all, we actually have a sponsor for this episode. This episode is sponsored by at designed by T T E E three on Instagram. Um, at designed by T E E E three on Instagram, and I will put all that information in the description. 
The act of perceiving, understanding, experiencing, and responding to the emotional state and ideas of another person. Designs by T was initiated by a Brooklyn social worker. When a Brooklyn social worker realized that she did not have the money necessary to provide assistance to individuals she came into contact with on a day-by-day basis. After discussion with a colleague, she decided to find a way to fund her efforts independently. Social workers are known to be innovative, but not always fashionably creative. Her strong faith in God and love for humanity is the driving force behind her inspiration in designs. As a graduate of Pennsylvania State University with a bachelor's in arts and criminal justice and a minor in human development and family studies and a certification in human substance abuse treatment, in human substance abuse treatment, Lord, in substance abuse treatment, sorry. She went to pursue a master's from my alma mater in social work from NYU uh, New York University, where her clinical concentration was family and children. She has worked with a variety in a variety of settings, but finds working with disadvantaged children and families to be her purpose. T is humbled and continues to remain true to her passion. It is for this reason, 10% of all sales go to providing assistance to local disadvantaged children and families in Brooklyn, New York City. Not only will you look fashionable, but you will be helping reach someone in need. And she is providing us with a coupon code. If you are a listener to the Joy of Social Work podcast and you use the code Conscious T, you get $20 off. That's Conscious T, C-O-N-S-C-I-O-U-S-T-E-E. And again, that will be in the description. So make sure you follow her on Instagram. And she has this fly ass social workers are essential because we is merch for social work appreciation month, which is in March. So, you know, check her out, follow her on Instagram. I'm going to put the information in the information and the information and the information. Lord, this is why I should record at four o'clock in the morning. I'm going to put the information in the description below, but again, Designs by T3 is our sponsor this week. So make sure you check her out. Check out her merch and get cute and fly because, you know, social workers don't wear cat vests anymore. (laughs) When I think of social workers, like before now, I think of white ladies with really short haircuts and glasses and cat vests. Or like if it's Christmas, they got like a Christmas tree vest. Or if it's fall, they have like a leaf vest. That's what I think of. Like a like a knitted vest. That that. And like those like kind of orthopedic-y shoes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what I think about when I think about like old school social workers. And now I think about like niggas and Jordans. <laughs> and like me in like a shirt or a sweatshirt that says something. People are like, you have, like, all of these shirts that say something. I keep saying I'm going to compile a list. I had compiled one before, but it was in my email of my job that, you know, I don't have email access to anymore. But I'm going to compile a list of, like, my favorite, which is everything that I wear. Like, literally at this point, I want to say most of the things in my closet have words on them. So I find it when I'm like, what do I want to wear that doesn't say anything? I don't have a lot of options. Literally, maybe five things don't say or something. So, I like this to be a billboard. Also, 
check out my girl, the self-care mentor on Instagram. She got these crop charms. Now, I was one of those people that were like, Crocs are ugly. I don't want any. Why do people wear those things? And then I saw these charms. And I was like, well, I want the charms, but I don't have no Crocs. And I don't really want Crocs. But in order to get the charms, I needed Crocs. So I put out an APB. That is not what the word is. I put out a call to action. (laughs) Now I'm delirious. Now this podcast is going a whole different direction. And I was like, I want Crocs. And my cousin, my little cousin, I call her my little cousin. She's like 32. (laughs) She's a grown-ass woman. She's a mom. But she sent me a gift card to Crocs. So then I ordered me some Crocs. I got some, like, they're, like, coral almost. Or they're, like, a coral color. And I put my charms on them. So I have these, like, cute little social work charms from the self-care mentor. And then... I had really wanted these like fuzzy lined leopard print ones because I like animal print, but Crocs didn't have my size. DSW had my size, but then I slept on them and I was like, "Mm, do you really need these? No, you don't need these. You're not going to get them. And then when I was like, fuck it, I'm going to get them. They were sold out of my size. This was happening when you swear an 11. Joy, you know the vibes. But... Nordstrom had them, and they went on sale. So I got some, so now I have two pairs of Crocs. And I think that's, I think I'm going to stop. I think I'm going to stop. But, no, 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 I don't need any more. I don't need anything right now. I need hangers. That's what I need. <laughs> I need hangers, and I need to go to bed. I need some z or some melatonin and hangers. That's all I need in my life. But yeah, but yeah, y'all, just stay tuned for what is finna happen in 2021 for your girl. I would like to believe all good things, but you know, this is, this is real life. So I'm also aware that not so great things might happen. I'm also very aware that there will probably continue to be more shifts in relationships with folks because like I said everybody can't go everywhere but I want to read this beautiful message that my friend sent earlier so my faves so my faves are Maya Yemi Dijanay and Danara those are my church friends but you know like we just met in church but we're not you know but then we like grew up in the church and then now we all are obviously adults but you know it's just like interesting when you're and I have a lot of childhood friends um and I don't really even know what a lot means but a good amount of my friends I I met as a kid and it's so dope to see all of my friends like just succeed and grow up and like do things and be amazing um and like connect and on a on like a, like some a lot of my friends are educators so connect in like an educational way and then I have a friend who's an influencer on YouTube who fucking interviewed Barack Obama and just needs to I'm just gonna be her nanny but you know 
I just like seeing my friends do their shit and be passionate about their stuff and live in their purpose just makes me feel so good. And so um, Maya sent a message to us today and she says, none of us have it all together, but between the five of us, we have it. We have it all. And I was like, oh my God. So Dijanae had called us her foundational hitters at her birthday in September. And it's just like, you know, you need that foundation. I don't, this now this episode has gone a whole different way. But it's like you need that foundation and you need that support. And I've said this before, you can't do this alone. This is not folks that are like, I don't need nobody. You do, you do. This life is not a one person show. You you need support. It's important for your own mental health and success. And so I don't want to say stop being afraid to connect with folks because maybe that's not what it is for everybody. But it's okay to have connections. Sometimes those connections are scary because you don't want to be hurt. You've been hurt before. I get all of that. But doing this shit by yourself, I think at some point becomes impossible. I think you hit a wall where you need something else because you don't have it all together. But... When you have a a squad, then you have all you need. And I know that I don't have it all together. I don't even try to pretend that I do. But with the support that I have and the support that I'm like so grateful for the support that I have. Because it's far more than I think I ever thought I needed or felt was possible to have like people don't play about me and I don't take that lightly I don't even take it lightly that people reach out for me to be their therapist or people um have me as their therapist like it is such an intimate and special part of them that they give me the privilege to be invited to like it's even in in my friendships like I know some dope people and to be a part of their their lives and their growth and their good times and their bad times it's a privilege and I'm grateful that they're there for all of my all of my roller coaster life that has been a lot and they've never turned their backs on me the ones that the solid ones um and it's a beautiful thing to have this platform and instagram where there's people who don't know me know me but who know me who also support me and want to see me win. And, and I'm so grateful for that. So thank you. For always being supportive. And for listening. And. Especially on those days. When I don't feel great. About myself. And my life. It is nice to know. 
that there are people rooting for me. So I thank you so much. And I hope that you are well and safe. Until the next time, which I think is Valentine's Day. (laughs) What's that going to be? My therapist told me I can't say niggas ain't shit because then I'll manifest that. So, um, until Valentine's Day, take care, be safe.